The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. Well, good morning, everyone. This week, we're going to continue where we started last week. Last week, if you weren't here, we began a, a new series. We're taking a bit of a break from the Gospel of Mark. We will return to it. But over the next six weeks, leading up to Easter, or right before Easter, we're going to be focusing on, on what we believe the Lord has revealed as His priorities for our church in this season of ministry. And if you noticed the way that the King's Kids volunteers were running over there to be prepared, it's because normally, I should have told them this, normally we have a time of of extended prayer right before the kids are dismissed. Today will be a little bit different because we are going to, to end our service with some time for prayer uh, because that is, prayer is one of the priorities that I believe the church has for us. How many of you, though, know that living for God, living and, and following His will, seeking to live on His mission is not easy all the time, is it? It's, it's difficult. It's full of starts and stops, ups and downs. Um, and, and what we've seen in our lives is when we just try really hard, when we, we just try to be righteous or do the right thing all the time or, or be disciplined, it's really difficult. And what we began to look at last week is that if we want to follow God's will, if we want to have any kind of sustained joy and purpose in following his word and living out his mission, the, the way we need, what we need is to be stirred daily with love and affection for God. It is love for God deep and abiding love for God out of which we can walk out this Christian life. And God is worthy of our love, isn't he? God is worthy of our love, amen? Is God worthy? He is worthy. And God would have us love him as our highest and best aim. That's how we love the world, by loving God first and foremost with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And out of that deep and abiding love for him, our church will become different. And so do our lives reflect this kind of love for God? Do our lives reflect uh, affection for God? Does the evidence point to us having an abandonment to love for God? This isn't about behavior. It's not about public reputation. All those things are nice. This isn't about what other people think of you. It's about accepting God's love for you, abiding in his love for you, acting in love toward him by loving others, aligning your identity with, with who he says you are, and asking him to work in and through you in your life. And as we daily love God, as we daily abandon our will to love him, our lives will overflow with expressions of that love. And as we do that, what we will become as a community is a church that loves to pray. As we love God more and more, we will be a praying church, unashamedly, boldly seeking God's face with humble hearts. As we love God more and more, we will be a praising church. You will not help but, be able, but, but sing in unified joy to the King of kings and Lord of lords, a praising church. As we love God more and more, we will be a proclaiming church, a church that unrelentingly testifies to what we have seen and heard, that Jesus came to save sinners like me and like you. And so these are the priorities that the Lord has given us in the season. If you didn't get a chance to watch last week's message, I'd really encourage you to go back and, and watch that because it kicks off everything we'll be talking about over these six weeks. But the Lord has led us to pray, praise, and proclaim 
out of love for Jesus. And so that's what we'll be talking about. Today and next week, we'll talk about prayer. The following weeks, we'll talk about praise. And, and after that, we'll talk about proclaiming your faith, being a witness, sharing what God has done in your life, what you've seen and heard. And so today, what would be a shame is if we were to talk about prayer and I was to preach a message about prayer and give you a lot of scriptures about prayer, but not give us any opportunity to do what? Right, right. So Lord willing, I'm going to go through what I have to say quickly, and we are going to pray together as a church. And I'm going to, to guide you through that, but we are going to pray. And what my hope is, is that as we study these things over these six weeks, is that this isn't just a preaching series. This isn't just a, a commercial break from the gospel to, to preach through some topics. No, the hope and prayer that we have as a church is that this becomes our heartbeat. This becomes our passion. This becomes our pursuit. And that we find life in this. It comes down to this. If we love God, we will pray. If we love God, we will praise him. If we love God, we will proclaim him. We will not be able to help but tell others through our life and through our words about him. Does your life reflect that? Do you pray? Do you pray? Do, do you want to have this kind of communion, this relationship with God, this, this dialogue with God? When we talk about prayer, sometimes we overcomplicate it. Prayer is not complicated. It's, it's also not, not simple either because of, of what's at stake and who we're praying to. But prayer is simply dialogue. It, it's communication with God. And it's not monologue. It's not just speaking out to, to nowhere. No, it is dialogue. He interacts with us. And we receive as we pray, even more so than what we give in prayer, we receive as we pray. And what makes prayer so amazing to me is not just that we uh, can pray. No, it's, it's to who we pray, to whom we pray, and that is God Almighty. Do you know that you, as a believer in Jesus, have an open line of communication to the creator and sustainer of everything, God Almighty? Do you ever wrestle with that internally? Do you think about the implications of that? I want you to, to think this through and hold these two things in, in tension in your mind. The first is this, that God is holy. God is holy. And when we think about what, what holiness is, he is so other. He is perfect. He is without sin. God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-present, unchanging, eternal, only God. He is light. He is perfection. He is goodness. He is beauty. He is glory. He is strength. From him are all things, and to him all things return. God is so far beyond us. Do you ever wonder at that, the majesty and magnitude of God? And in light of his power and perfection, if, if we grasp this just for a moment, just like the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration, when they see Jesus transform before their eyes and they tremble in fear, do you ever reflect on, on the fact that, that we, sinful humanity, in the presence of a perfect and holy God, are completely undone? We cannot stand. He is so far beyond us. And yet, and yet, having that realization, what Scripture tells us is that he loves us. God loves us. He has made us in his own image. He has made us for tender relationship with him. And though our sin would hold us at a distance from God, God has made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. He has come into our existence. He has come to live among us, to be sinless, to die on a cross in our place, and, and to rise from the grave, that we might rise with him, not just in some distant way. No, that we might relate to him intimately. 
that we might commune with him eternally. This is what God has done. He loves to interact with us. And what scripture reveals is that he loves and is glorified as we pray, as we speak to him, and as he responds. Hold that tension in your mind. God is holy, perfect, and yet God is your father. Some of you don't have great father figures. You haven't had that in your life, but God is good. He is so, so good, and he calls himself your father. Do you know him as father? Do you know him as, as, a, as a tender caretaker of you? Do you know him in this way? Jesus teaches us to pray, our father. And though we might feel unworthy of coming into his presence, unworthy of, of, of praying to him, this is what scripture tells us about the kind of access he has given us. In Hebrews 4, 14, it says, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. What he's saying is, is that Jesus understands our struggles. Jesus understands our weakness. Jesus understands all the things that would cause us to feel unworthy and, and, and lack confidence to approach God in prayer. But because of what he's done, because he can identify with us in our weakness and our sin, it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus has made a way for us to access him. He's made a, a way for us to access the throne room of God to be able to pray and that God would respond to us. Maybe you don't believe me. Maybe you don't believe that God responds to our prayers. But listen to this. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives general, generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Mark 11.24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask, in my name, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. John 14, 13 to 14, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 1 John 3, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. That's a lot of scriptures, and they all say the same thing. God hears us when we pray, and he wants to respond to us. He answers. He answers us as we pray. And, and, and the wonder of prayer is that as we draw near to God, as we align our hearts more and more with his, we will pray prayers that glorify God. We will pray prayers in alignment with his will. And, and, and we will then pray prayers that he will answer. Answer and we'll see his hand. God would have us pray so that we can impress other people. No, so that, that we can look holy and righteous. No, God wants to answer your prayers. God wants to answer your prayers. He wants us to seek him as individuals and as a church to humble ourselves, to draw near, to repent, and to pray. And as we do this, he will hear and respond. That's why we're going to have a, a time of prayer here in, in just a few moments. That's why tomorrow night there's a, a group gathering together here at the church for a time of prayer. At, at Brian, is it 7.30? 7.30 to 9. And it's not going to be formal. It's not going to be well put together. I'm just kidding. It'll be great. So... <laughs> By the way, the hymn sing last week was awesome as we, uh, we praised God together last Sunday evening. So if you want to pray, if you want to gather together with, with other people in the church and, and have a night of prayer, uh, you can talk to Brian Craddock. He will 
and be uh, heading that up with a couple of others. God would have us pray as a church. And what I want to do before we enter into a time of prayer is, is just say this. I've seen this. I've seen God answer prayers. I've lived it. I could tell you stories for hours of how God has, has dramatically answered prayers for simple things and, and amazing things in my life and in the life of this church. But I'm going to tell you from Scripture, this is, is what we do. We open God's Word and we see what it says. I'm going to tell you from Scripture what are the results of prayer. What happens when we pray according to Scripture? And I, I put down in your notes 12 different results of prayer. 12, that's a lot. And, and when I was thinking about how many blanks you would have to fill in on your notes as we went through these, it was too much, so I just wrote all the notes for you. You have them. And there are more than 12. You'll see that very quickly. But I want to tell you what Scripture says happens when we pray. What are some of the results of prayer? As we pray, number one, God is glorified in answering prayers. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be what? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Think about that. God is not glorified. He doesn't say, I'm glorified that you pray. No, he says he's glorified in doing what we ask for in prayer. He loves to answer, and he is glorified as he does. I've experienced this in answered prayer. I cannot help but praise and glorify God for what he has done. God is honored and glorified. Do you want to glorify God with your life? Stop trying to do everything in your own strength. Pray and seek him. See what he does and, and worship and adore him in response. As we pray, God is glorified. Number two, as we pray, we receive fullness of joy. He says, until now you have asked, anything, uh, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us, and as we pray, we get this tremendous gift of experiencing his love and his grace toward us. We taste and glimpse his glorious presence, and we get joy. We get joy. The Psalms say to taste and see that the Lord is good. There is joy, fullness of joy to be experienced as we pray. As we pray, number three, our needs are met. When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he says, he says to pray for daily bread. Give us today daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. These are the things we need. Daily provision. Deliverance from sin, from, from the works of the enemy. Forgiveness of our own sins. The ability to forgive others. Our needs are met. James says it this way. He says, you don't have because you don't ask. You don't have because you don't ask. I've seen God's hand in my life as he has, has met specific needs in, to specific prayers. Do you ask him for anything specific? Do you pray in any way where you could actually see the results? An answered prayer. God meets our needs as we pray. Number four, as we pray, the gospel spreads more effectively. Here's how Paul puts it in the second le letter to the Thessalonians. He says, finally, brothers, pray for us that the, Lord, the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. He's saying, as we pray, the gospel speeds ahead, and the word of the Lord is honored as you pray. Number five, as, our, as we pray, our presentation of the gospel, our witness to the world, this becomes clarified to those that hear it. It says in Colossians 4, it says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. This is the Apostle Paul. Who, who would know better how to present the gospel with clarity? And yet what he asks of those that are, that are his friends in the Lord, his brothers and sisters in Christ, he says, pray for me. 
Because as you pray for me, the gospel, my presentation of the gospel will be more clear and effective. Do any of you ever struggle with with feeling like you don't know how to explain your faith? You don't know how to share it clearly and accurately with others? I do. I feel that. And if you feel that, what we see revealed in the humility of the Apostle Paul is that, that what he does, instead of trying to come up with a new technique or going to a class, he asks the church in Colossae to pray for him. Pray for me. That as I live, as I present the gospel, it would be clear. That I would speak it as I ought to. As we pray, number six, we receive supernatural boldness to share the gospel. I want you to think about the church in Acts at Pentecost. They're they're, they're gathered together praying, 120 believers, and the Spirit of God falls upon them, and they go out with boldness, and they preach. And then as time goes on and they become discouraged and they become attacked on all sides, as they become persecuted, what they do, again, is they gather together and they pray for boldness. And God empowers them to go out again with courage, without fear, to go and share his gospel, a supernatural boldness. And Paul makes this request to the church in Ephesus. He's always asking for prayer to the the churches that he's writing to. He says, pray also for me, that words may be given to me, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Number seven, as we pray, the lost are drawn to salvation. Paul says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. This is in Romans 10.1. He's, he's saying that he wants his kinsmen in the flesh, the Jewish people, to come to faith in Jesus. And he's going to persuade them. Yes, he's going to, to write to them. He's going to appeal to them. He's going to preach the word to them. But here's what he says. He says, this is my desire and the prayer of my heart, that they may be saved. And so this is what we do as a church. You've heard Pastor Bill or PBJ, as as some call him, you've heard him describe his prayer cards. He has these these cards, he calls his Oikos cards. We have, uh, I have cards of my own where we write down the names of our unsaved friends, those who don't yet know the Lord, friends and family, and we pray for them. And our commitment is to pray for them daily. And next, next week or in the coming weeks as he gets up to share, I'm sure he'll tell you about how God answers those prayers. Do you want your, your friends and family to come to know Jesus? Commit that to prayer. There is so little we can do in our own strength. And yet what I've seen again and again is as we pray intentionally and regularly for people that God opens doors, he softens hearts, he does miraculous work. And so you can call it whatever you want. You can call it a prayer card. You can call it your your Andrew list. Why an Andrew list? I want you to notice something as we go through the Gospels. The, The disciple Andrew does basically nothing other than bring people to Jesus. That's all he does all the time. And so we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And and what I've seen and what you will see is that as we pray for those that don't yet know the Lord in our lives, they're drawn near to him. Somehow the exterior gets softened. Sometimes they go through through very difficult things that drive them to the Lord. But this happens as we pray. Number eight, as we pray, we experience peace and godliness and dignity in our society, in our culture, in our world. I know that sounds like just a dream. Does anyone want some of this, some peace and order and decency in society? If you spend five minutes on social media, if you spend uh, five minutes watching the news, five minutes walking through um, your neighborhood, at least in Manassas where I live, that's, this is the case, it's crazy out there, right? And yet here's what Paul says to Timothy. He says, I urge 
that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Think president, president and Congress, those in authority, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. If, if you're spinning out of control in your own mind, thinking about what is happening in society, especially if you've lived through an era in which it wasn't like this, some of us haven't, but if you've lived through an era in which it wasn't like this and, and you're struggling with everything you see around you, this is Paul's encouragement, pray. Pray for the leadership of your nation. Pray for, for those who are in high positions because the result of that prayer is that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. As we pray. As we pray, number nine, the sick are healed. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray, James says. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And again, confess your sin to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. James 5.16, as we pray, the sick are healed. Are they always healed? No, we've talked about this quite a bit. Are they always healed? No, sometimes God has, has different intent. But as we pray and as we seek healing for others, often, often I've seen God's hand as he heals the sick. I've seen that this year as, as people I, I know and love have been healed of cancer, have been healed of, of all kinds of, of diseases in their bodies. And it's been amazing to see God answer specific prayers. Number 10, as we pray, the oppressed and the demonized are set free. In Ephesians chapter 6, this, this amazing passage about putting on the armor of God for spiritual battle, uh, Paul exhorts the church in, in the context of spiritual battle to, to pray. He says, pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. When Jesus delivers the, the boy who is demonized that we looked at in, in the Gospel of Mark a few weeks ago, the disciples ask him, why couldn't we drive out this spirit? And he says, this kind only comes out through what? Prayer. Now we see that Jesus drives it out with a word. We see it's a word of command. But he has been on the mountainside with his two closest disciples, three closest disciples, excuse me, praying, praying. And as we pray in preparation, this, this prepares us and readies us to be able to face spiritual opposition in the authority that we've been given the delegated authority of Christ. As we pray, number 11, we are transformed. We are transformed. This is one of the great wonders of prayer. It's not that God receives anything from us, but as we pray, God gives us so much. David is an example to us in the Psalms. He says, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He seeks the Lord for this in prayer. God can give us a clean heart. God can give us a, a peace that surpasses understanding. God can embolden us. He can humble us. He can convict us. He can commission us as we pray. As we pray, our minds are renewed. As, as we pray, we are helped in our temptations. As we pray, God handles and carries our burdens. He can clarify our desires. He can sustain us through our circumstances. And he can change the way we think of others. God can turn in our minds those that are enemies to those we call blessed and those that we seek to bless through prayer. Through prayer, God turns sorrow to joy. He turns apathy into adoration. Through prayer, God reveals God's, his, his own kindness to us and he can reveal to us what we sometimes struggle to grasp, that we are his beloved children. As we pray, as we pray, we are transformed. Lastly, number 12, as we pray, nations turn from sin. 
repent and receive mercy. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13 says, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. 2 Chronicles 7, 13 to 15 says this, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, and this will be our theme verse for this, this priority as a church, prayer, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. Throughout scripture, we see this theme repeated again and again as societies and people groups and and cultures and countries are turning away from God. As they're drifting into compromise and they're drifting into rebellion, God offers tremendous mercy. He says, even now, even now, turn to me. Even now, turn to me. Humble yourselves. Seek my face. Repent from sin. And if you do, because of my steadfast love, I will relent, I will forgive, and I will heal. We need to pray. We need to pray. We've been hearing a lot in the last few weeks in Christian circles about breakouts of revival bubbling up in certain places, right? Revival breaking out here or there, groups of people showing a renewal of zeal and passion for God. But I believe the Lord wants to do so much more than that. So much more. That, that, that's just a start. Maybe the beginning raindrops before something more significant. Because we have yet to see a massive turning in our country. We have yet to see a massive repentance of the people around us. We have yet to see masses coming to faith in Christ in our time. We have yet to see turning from sin and walking in righteousness. Yet, yet, despite the rising tide, despite the growing darkness, I see in people, in ordinary individuals, a hunger for this, a desire for this, for light and for truth, if only we would give it to them. If my people, if my people, if there was ever a time in our lifetime for the Christian church to be united in prayer, it is right now. Right now in this hour. And so whether it's at home or gathered as a church, we ought to be beseeching Almighty God with humble hearts and fervent prayers for God's mercy, knowing that he loves us tenderly and desires to respond. What do we need as as families and individuals and as a church? What do we need as a nation? We need to pray. Real prayers in Jesus' name. There's no other kind of prayer that is effective. Only prayers prayed in Jesus' name will be effective. And we pray in his name. And so to follow Christ, to be a church that that lovingly follows Jesus, we need to know how to pray. But it's not just enough to know how to pray. We need to pray. And so that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to ask the the band to come up. They're going to uh, be ready to transition to a a response and worship as we conclude. But I'm also going to ask my prayer teams to go over and be by the windows. And we're going to do something really different today. 
For just the next few minutes, I'm going to, to teach you a method of prayer that, we, uh, that I use in my household, that we use as a staff, that it, there's nothing extra special about it. It's really simple. Is that there's, there's four types of prayer that, that we see regularly in Scripture. There's prayers of adoration in which we give God his due and we glorify God for, for who he is. There's prayers of confession in which we tell God what we've done. We ask him for help. We seek him for help. There's prayers of thanksgiving in which we thank God for what he's done. And lastly, prayers of supplication. Asking God for things. Asking him for change in us, change in, in our world, change in our circumstances. And so we're going to pray. And so I'm going to begin this way. I'm going to ask you to, for a couple minutes, simply pray prayers wherever you're seated or, or online watching. Pray prayers of adoration to God. Simple prayers of adoration to God. What does this look like? It's, it's simply, simple phrases like this. God, you are. Or God, you've done. Or Father, thank you for. Pray wherever you're seated. Simple prayers of adoration to God. And if the Spirit of God leads you to speak up a prayer of adoration to God, I'd ask you to do that in one phrase or one sentence. If there's two or three of you that speak up a sentence of, of adoration to God at the same time, that's okay. He is worthy. He is worthy of our prayer. So for just a few minutes, let us go before the King of kings and Lord of lords and adore him. God, you are so good.
worthy. Let's spend some time now in, in confession. I'd ask you to humbly and, and silently confess your, your sin to the Lord. If the Spirit of God leads you to, to speak up, we'd ask that you be general in expressing attitudes and apathy and actions against the Lord. If you need to confess to someone and talk to someone, we have a prayer teams uh, ready for you. But these are simple prayers of God, forgive me for. God, help me with. God, I confess that I. confess that I seek peace and lesser things. Help me. confess our sins, you are faithful and, and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we, we receive that cleansing with gratitude. But Lord, we thank you that you have washed us white as snow through the sacrifice of your son on the cross in our place. We thank you, Lord. Let's spend some time thanking God, whatever uh, thanks come to mind, simple thank you prayers.
Thank you that you've called us sons and daughters. Let's go to the Lord right now and, and ask him. Let's intercede and seek him and ask him for what he has placed on our hearts, knowing that he delights to respond and is glorified in answering our prayers. Let's ask him with boldness. Lord, I ask that the lost would be saved through this church. Lord, you know that every intercession, every supplication that we bring to you this morning, we pray in, in Jesus' name. 
the name that is above every name. God, we love you. And we thank you that we have the privilege of entering into your presence, of seeking your face. Lord, I thank you that you hear us and that you delight to respond to us because you love us. Lord, let us grow in love for you. Let us grow in our dependence on you. In Jesus' name. I'm going to invite you to keep praying, to go and receive prayer if you need it right now. And as you're ready, to stand and worship the Lord together as we conclude our time. One more thing I'll say. If you've never really prayed before, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, the most important prayer you could possibly pray today is this. Have mercy on me, O Lord, a sinner. Have mercy on me. Come into my life and save me.